0: You just tuned into the hippest way to start and grow your indie author career. Learn the ins, the outs, and all the all-arounds of self-publishing with the team from D2D and their industry-influencing guests. You're listening to Self-Publishing Insiders with Draft2Digital. Well, hello, everybody out there in internet land. Uh, I am ecstatic to see everybody here. Thank you so much for tuning in to this special. This is a, going to be a very special self-publishing insiders live with draft to digital uh, I'm looking forward to talking to our guest, but a little bit of housekeeping before we get started. First up, make sure you drop your questions in the comments because even if we don't answer them on air, we've got people in the comments who can uh, answer those for you. Uh, So we will take care of you. And if you're watching or listening to this after the fact, same rules apply. If you drop a comment, uh, someone will eventually uh, notice that and get back to you. Also, in this episode, what I need everyone to do is hang around. At the end of this episode, we're going to have a very special announcement. Uh, I, I find it very special. I hope you'll find it very special, too. And I can't wait to share that news with you. And all that out of the way. Now we get to introduce one of my favorite people, someone I go way back with in this business, Monica Lionel. Monica, thank you for being on SPI. Thank you so much
1: for having me. It's crazy. I I've, I've haven't have been on this show, and um, I was just so grateful to get the invitation. So I think it's so a
0: travesty that you haven't already been <laughs> on this show. We should have gotten you on a long time
1: ago. Yeah. I mean, it's an oversight on my part as well.
0: Oh, I doubt <laughs> so. that. But... You yeah. and I were just talking about this before the show started, and, I, and I'm sorry. I bring this up almost every time we see each other these days, but uh, you and I first met thanks to the guys who used to run the uh, self-publishing podcast, uh, and they were the ones who put on the Smarter Artists Summit, but you and I met before there was a Smarter Artists Summit at the, and I think it was called the Colonist Summit. Was that the right? The
1: Colonist Summit, yes. Yeah. They had kind of a small, I think it was like a 24-person mastermind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Before that, like probably a year before Smarter Artist. and that's yeah. when we met and like Damon was there from Book Funnel and just a right. number of other people who have become really key players in the industry, I think. Isn't
0: that interesting? Like all of us, I don't think, I don't know if any of us sitting in that room really envisioned where we would be uh, no. at this point, like eight years later. But yeah, uh, what an interesting group. <laughs> Book yeah. Funnel was born in that room.
1: It was. Yeah, yeah. I, I think about that a lot (laughs) especially just you know you know we both work in essentially like the wide part of publishing yeah um i i think and so like i think of book funnel and it was kind of the first well not the first company but one of the first companies that um helped help the wide side of publishing yeah start to grow and flourish so right if only we had
0: known If only we had had a clue, I would have been throwing money at Damon uh, that day. (laughs) I actually remember kind of going at him and like, look, I know you're working on this other thing. Uh, but what you should work on is this thing with me, and we're gonna build the Scrivener Killer and we're gonna make this thing. And uh, and uh, he was like, Yeah, yeah, that sounds uh, that sounds pretty okay, but I think I'm gonna stick with this. Uh, so, yeah,
1: no, his intuition for software and business is just killer. He, ha- he yeah. just has killer instincts.
0: Um, well, what a great segue then into yes. today's topic because we're gonna be talking about the future of publishing. Uh, and I think uh, I'm probably just not very qualified to talk about the future of publishing. I think I'm, I'm stuck in the uh, the present all the time. But you, you you've got your fingers on the pulse of the future of publishing. Monica. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, you always hope so, but obviously the it, it's it's very difficult to predict the future. Um, but I think what I like to do is uh, just stack evidence from the past to see like mm-hmm. where we're going. Uh, so one of those things. I mean, I think, you know, this specifically is about like, where does wide fit in to the future of publishing? Uh, And to me, I mean, I think that for so long in this industry, the conversation, like all the conversations about sales and marketing and everything, uh, they revolved around Amazon. And I want to say Amazon is a great company. It gave basically every author, Uh every independent author in the world, their career. So I want to say that. Um, I love Amazon. I think Amazon is great. And yeah. so much of the conversation was around that for years and years, as you know, working for draft digital and trying to kind of educate people on wide. And, you know, I'm coming at it from an author perspective, trying to educate people on wide. And right. um, it's been, you know, it's been like years and years of pounding the pavement before yeah. Yeah. really anything started happening or, people, you know, before authors were excited about wide. But I think when you look at the future of publishing now, especially for English, you know English language writers, especially for people who live in English, you know primarily English language speaking countries or countries with large English markets like U.S., U.K., Canada, Australia, New Zealand. Um, a lot of the newer opportunities to grow your business are not actually on Amazon at the moment. And I think that is a turning point in this industry and why wide and also, you know, to some extent, direct sales, I think direct sales is a very hot topic right now, but why those two things are kind of the foundation of what the future of publishing looks like because the opportunities, um, you know, so Amazon has really grown in most of those markets that I mentioned to the extent that it can Mm -hmm. Um, it's they've grown their e-commerce space and the way an e-commerce company grows is well one of the ways there's like five different ways one is like through credit cards Um, (laughs) (laughs) credit card financing but one of those ways is through uh, cheap and affordable digital products and so Amazon has really used that playbook with books with music and some other, you know, videos and television and stuff like that. Uh, and really, at this point, um, that is a pretty established market. Like especially here in the U.S., you know, they've mm-hmm. kind of accumulated as much of the user base as they can using books. So at this point, they're turning to other countries um, for that growth. And so, to me, one of the primary examples of this is something that happened maybe a year or two ago where they changed the bonus structure of KU of Kindle Unlimited. Um, And what they did is they, uh, they, first they expanded it to other countries. Like before, I think it was mostly us UK. Like it was, it was very like focused on English language countries. So they expanded it to multiple countries. They also took away the author bonuses because author bonuses favor large catalogs. So it favors the author who can get, you know, 4 million page reads. Uh, they, they took that away and they focused it on titles instead. So mm-hmm. a single book title. And what that indicates is that they're trying to attract authors from like who are writing in, in other languages besides English mm-hmm. and who are in these countries that Amazon needs to grow in. Um, and, They're looking, you know, they're looking for newer authors as well, because it's a single title bonus rather than established authors. Mm -hmm. And so when I started to see that and again, I think I think it was 2022, like like early 2022 when this happened, that was when it hit me that, okay, Amazon's strategy is changing um, in terms of how they're going to be using Kindle Unlimited to like grow their user base. And it makes sense. They've already grown their user base. To the extent that they can in these countries, so now yeah. they're moving on to other countries where there's opportunity for them to grow um, their yeah. user base, and books are a part of that strategy, as are um, a handful of other things. Yeah, and so seeing that marker kind of showed me and, and others in this industry that like, hey, like the you know the opportunities that Amazon for us for English English speaking or English writing authors are not as strong anymore. And so moving to other platforms, um, in contrast, I think a lot of the other platforms, the wide platforms, so I I always think of it as the big five, um, which is Kobo, Google Play, Barnes & Noble, and Apple Books, in addition to Amazon. Amazon's the fifth one. But those other retailers, they are growing. And you can see that there's indication there, too, uh, the way in which they're growing, um, also just the you know, their attendance at conferences, um, for example, which shows that the companies are investing in them. But I think one of the reasons that they're growing is because they're because the audiobook market is an opportunity for them. Um, right. they kind of they kind of lost the ebook wars for the most part. Like everybody kind of went to Amazon. but with um, audiobooks, You know, Audible holds, I think, 60% of the market. The other wide retailers hold and other like Storytel and like other subscriptions, they hold the other 40% of the market. And I think that is a big reason why those retailers started investing in indie authors again. Um, And then I think they they are really growing their indie author base. And every time I talk to a retailer, they say the same thing. So Yeah.
0: yeah. That's, um, it's interesting because that you're, ta- I, I think you're taking the approach we've all taken uh, really that where Amazon goes, so goes the rest of the industry. Um, are there things um, beyond what you've just uh, kind of detailed for us? Like what are you seeing outside of Amazon that, that indicates trends and you brought up direct sales. And that is definitely something that's on everyone's mind right now.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, I think there are, I mean, so Draft2Digital distributes to so many places besides the big five. Um, Distributes to libraries, of course, like probably, I mean, to me the best way to get to libraries right now is probably through Draft2Digital. Um, And, You know, I think I think the other retailers are also, you know, they're also looking at these other countries and hoping to grow on these other countries or hoping to hold their their place on these other countries. So I think Kobo, for example, has a a strong foothold in many countries and um, they want to hold on to that, I think, like like especially in Canada, for example. Um, And so they're, you know, like kind of all the retailers are doing that. I also think that Apple and Google they they definitely have um, you know they have a huge advantage with the cell yeah. phone market um, right. and yeah. like the the in home device market and you know so they have a huge advantage and that advantage extends to audiobooks especially
0: mm-hmm. I think
1: so those are a couple of things when it comes to wide when it comes to direct oh my gosh there's so much uh, there's so many other platforms um, that are trying to kind of get in on that game or, or that authors are trying to now use. Um, And I think they span across basically four different areas. One is website sales. One is live events and signings. One is like crowdfunding, like Kickstarter and one is subscriptions. So like Patreon or Ream. Yes. So like all of those to me encompass direct sales, which is just sales off of retailers, not like not retailer sales, just everything else kind of. Sales yeah. directly to the consumer, and those are all also opportunities. So yeah. when you look at when you look at the scope of you know what is the future of publishing, it's like five years ago, the future of publishing was Amazon, right like that, that's what it was. That was yeah. the platform that you know ninety percent of authors were making like eighty percent of their money from right um or if not hundred percent of their money. And now when you look at the scope of the the industry in terms of platforms, there are 20 to 30 different platforms that you right. as an author can take advantage of now and um, try to start to kind of chip away or like add a revenue stream on. Yeah. And so that I think is a massive change. Um, I think, you know, like one thing, so we have a conference uh, my, my business partner and I, Russell Nolte, we have a conference called the Future of Publishing Mastermind that's coming up in February. Yeah. And um, one of the things we noticed is just how important vendors are to conferences now. So, like, we saw this at Twenty Books, um, even just a couple years ago you know, 20 books had like 20 to 30 vendors. And this year they probably have 60 to 70 vendors, maybe 75 vendors, maybe even a hundred vendors. And I know, I know director digital is a vendor. We're a vendor, Um, but it's like, you know, just that level of growth of vendors in the industry has really increased. And you see companies like Kickstarter sending a vendor uh, when, you know, Kickstarter yeah. did not send of Kickstarter was not a vendor of 20 books like even just a couple years ago. yeah uh, you see so you see like uh, all these companies saying like hey independent authors it's not this cottage industry anymore and it's not this Amazon focus industry anymore. it's actually um, something that we should be paying attention to and like yeah. Kickstarter's you know it's a larger tech company. But right. there's, they're saying, like, hey, let's focus on this. Uh, Google Play Books is a massive tech company, obviously. Yeah. But the last couple years, they've been sending vendors to all of these conferences and... Um, really investing in their platform yeah. uh, for indie for independent authors for you know and, and I'm I'm sure they work with tri- trad pub as well and
0: yeah um, but, but it's like maybe yeah, not but, as directly though because right I mean, that's the problem with working with traditional publishing is that you're you're there's several layers between you and the authors and the authors are the ones who are, are going to benefit most and utilize tools like Kickstarter most you know right. They don't yeah. have legal departments that are demanding that they don't get involved with things.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it's like there's this opportunity for their platform to grow in the independent author space, and they're paying attention. And I think that is a great indicator of where the future of publishing is going.
0: I think you're um, right. So
1: even even though we can't really predict the future, um, we can look at these markers and see like, okay, the future of publishing is actually – a lot of different platforms, a lot of different avenues for revenue. And I think it's a great thing for independent authors because it means that so many of us can kind of forge our own path. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas before, you know, if you didn't really fit into Amazon's business model, you really, you you either needed to change what you were writing and publishing in order to do so Mm -hmm. and, and to like kind of respond to their Ever changing algorithms um, and and what worked on Amazon. Or you just, your career didn't really take off. It didn't really work. And so now it's like with all these opportunities, like there are authors who are um, seeing their best months on Apple Books now, or authors who are succeeding on Barnes Noble. And like that's where they get the bulk of their revenue for their company. Yeah. Uh, and authors who are succeeding on Kickstarter or Ream or Patreon or events or wherever, and so you just see more independent authors who are able to actually kind of string together the career that they want, uh, yeah. and I think write write the books that they want as well, um, or like capitalize on their back catalog or whatever it might be. Yeah.
0: So that's it's a much exciting. more yeah. It, it <laughs> feels like we're we're much more empowered now. Uh, yes. as an industry and it, you know it is interesting to watch like the things that happened with the publishing industry are now starting to happen with every other industry that authors touch once we discover an industry we sort of become like a cornerstone of those businesses right. that's very interesting to see play out you know authors yeah. don't get a lot of respect in the world <laughs> No,
1: <laughs> yeah I mean I think it's content creators in general right and I yeah. think you know we're lucky in that um, we can really, we've been able to watch a lot of this happen in the music industry first, I think, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the music industry is able to put out these pieces of content really quickly, you know, like a three to four minute song is like you probably write that in a couple days, write and yeah. record in a couple days. Um, whereas a book, you know, most of us do not write, <laughs> write a book yeah. in a few days, I, I yeah. think probably maybe both of us have tried at some point, but like, (laughs) you know, it's not a typical thing that you can do and sustain, but uh, you know, and and music is so portable as well. uh, And and it's so easy to like sample, Mm -hmm. like, like to listen to like a song and decide if you like an artist. Um, But it's also there, it's very ephemeral um, because the time you invest in a song is so little the yeah. time you invest in a book is so huge. and so we we so there are differences with the music industry, but we also see similarities that I think can cross over into books and audiobooks and some of our other formats. but um, yeah, I, I think we I, th- I think books and music are kind of yeah a, a cornerstone of a lot of these companies that are especially when they're trying to grow their user base right.
0: <coughs> Pardon me. so uh, we actually have a question for you. All right. Uh, from Big Philly asks: Is there evidence non-Amazon ebook readers are hungry for certain genres now? Mainly in Ku, are there big opportunities to meet market needs wide?
1: Yeah, this is a question that I see a lot, and the way I often see it is my genre. Like, if you look at the top 100 of my genre on Amazon, all the books are in Ku, and thus, like, the market for my genre is. KU, and I just want to kind of dispel that myth first, which is just that, I mean, like, like the bestseller lists on Amazon are actually designed to favor KU books, so it's not a causation; it's a correlation because every time a book is borrowed, it adds to your sales rank, and yeah. the bestseller list is based on sales rank. So um, you're not going to find a lot of wide books on a bestseller list. On Amazon, just in general, unless it's like Harry Potter or like yeah. Sarah J Mass. Yeah. Um, so then the question then is like, are there markets wide that are not on Amazon? Um, I would not say that there are necessarily. Um, there are definitely markets that, you know, I think like like a good example would be like um Anything that's more of, like, a web novel or a light novel, um, K-pop, like, stuff like that, it is going to have, um, you know, like, a lot of the readers are going to be um, more in, like, the Asia-Pacific Asia markets. Um, so, like, it obviously, that originated in South Korea and then um, spread to Japan. And, like, it, and so, like, there are certainly companies that, and, and. Uh, retailers that serve those markets better and that also understand those markets better. So like Google play, for example, has really kind of doubled down on series on their store. And the reason why is because they actually test almost everything they're doing in South Korea and Japan first. Um, So they they, they'll like roll out a new thing in those countries um, to do a test of that. And then they may eventually roll it out in the US. And so you, yeah. you'll see like series come out in the US, but it's been out in South Korea and Japan before that. And so you'll see stuff like um, like graphic novels and web novels and um, webtoons and all that, uh that is, those those are read um, very much through serialization is kind of the model. And so that's why Google is able, Google Playbooks is kind of able to serve those readers a little bit better Um, And and so you can see some of that type of stuff. Um, But I I would say, like, if it's popular on Amazon, there are readers for it on other platforms, almost certainly. Um, And and there are authors who are doing well with those uh, genres. A little
0: little more challenging.
1: A little bit more challenging. You have tips
0: for people to to do a little better? Do you know?
1: Yeah, I mean. Strategies? Definitely lots of tips. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I think the biggest thing is, you know, you're not, unless you're doing Kobo plus, which is really the only other major um, subscription, you know, reader service out there and, and audiobook uh, yeah. listening service out there. So Kobo plus is kind of a combo of the two um, versus KU Kindle Unlimited limited plus audible membership mm-hmm. um, on Amazon So aside from that, you know, a lot of what you have to shift is like you're not trying to get someone to read the book. You're trying to get someone to buy the book. Um, And that is a pretty big mindset shift uh, in terms of how you would market. And it kind of makes sense that the marketing for those would be very different um, because you are trying to, you know, you're trying to get you're trying to get people in. Um, a sales funnel in a very different way on a, on the wide retailers and, and also on Amazon. So even your Amazon marketing would change um, yeah. as you shift that perspective. Um, so, I mean, specifically that it's a little bit tough. I mean, I think, cause, cause each retailer, um, each retailer has really different algorithms and really different products as well. So I think, I mean, I think the first step is, you know, Put your books out on all the retailers, which I think, you know, draft digital is a great tool for. Um, and, but then I think the next step is probably choose one of the retailers and try to optimize your books at that retailer because mm-hmm. each retailer has, you know, its own algorithms that are not going to be the same as Amazon's. Yeah. And learning those algorithms, knowing those algorithms is going to help you. Um, the resources that I love are, I love Wide for the Win. Um, I, I am also um, a board member of Wide for the Win. Okay. But it's, it's truly like the best, one of the best resources on the planet for learning different um, techniques for retailers. So I love that group. Um, I have a series called Book Sale Supercharged uh, that goes through, there's actually a book for each of the retailers. So there's a book about Apple books. There's a book about Kobo. There's a book about Google play, uh, books. And so if you pick, you know, if you're saying like, okay, I want to do Apple books, then you can, you can read that book and kind of find all the optimization tips for that
0: particular storefront. That's excellent. And people can find that on your, uh, on your website.
1: Yeah, it's on my, they're on my website. They're also on Amazon right now. Um, okay. And
0: they are going to the
1: other retailers. I just have not do, gotten them all up. There. It would
0: be the height of irony if they didn't go wide. It would. Uh, it <laughs>
1: would. <laughs> so
0: we have uh, – there's some more questions here. This, this one's interesting. Uh, will the antitrust case against Amazon allow other markets to come in and challenge Amazon's reign of ebook sales? What do you think?
1: Mm, what antitrust case is that i'm assuming there's so many they may, yeah they may not
0: yeah let's just say current antitrust case
1: <laughs> yeah um i mean i i I don't know I, I have no idea I haven't been following it closely um i do think i mean I think that i think that um competition is already challenging amazon yeah. uh, i I know that for The other retailers, at least when I've spoken to them, um, many of them, many of the reps have said like, hey, we're actually growing our indie author base. Um, So like more independent authors are joining us every day and getting their books onto the retailers. So I know more authors are either moving from the Kindle Unlimited system to a wider, you know, wider um, strategy. Mm -hmm. Um, or, or more authors are coming into the system just in general. And, And like, I think both are true, but it's like, there is actually growth on the wide front. Uh, I also think some of that growth and probably more and more of that growth over time is going to be driven by the trends in direct sales. So once you do direct sales, honestly, direct sales is a lot easier when you're not in exclusivity. Um, we like so uh, my business partner and I we've done a lot of work on Kickstarter in particular and we saw this just kind of over and over again that uh, people who were doing a Kickstarter on wide books were just raising more money like like yeah. they were just they were just raising um, and, and it was significant significant more money versus if they were not doing that then it was you know their their campaigns were funding lower. Mm. And and all of that's great. Like I I think direct is great for whether you're wide or whether you're Ku. Um, it it can it's it's all like addition basically, yeah, a- yeah. additive uh, to your business strategy. But we do see people who just if you're wide, it's just direct sales is just that much easier.
0: Yeah. Uh, here's a. Question: I think you you may have answered this at least in part uh, previously, but when it comes to tips and strategies, would these be different based on a person's author ecosystem?
1: <laughs> oh man, that's a <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we haven't even talked about author ecosystems. So yeah, <laughs> that that is another piece we uh, Russell and I have been examining. You know, the wide conversation, the direct sales conversation and just studying our data and what we found was that there are five different archetypes um, for sales and marketing specifically in the author space and these these archetypes actually translate to other industries as well but specifically for the author space so what we did is we put them into five biomes or author ecosystems yeah uh, we have uh, desert grassland tundra um, forest and aquatic. And so for each of those different systems, they actually uh, take different approaches to sales and marketing uh, and and also even different approaches to right to market. So right now in the industry, a lot of people talk about right to market and they, there's really like this one way to do right to market, but we actually believe there are five ways uh, and yeah. it's based on the five ecosystems. And so uh, what we've been helping people do because Um, There are so many different opportunities. Like you can't do them all. Um, You can't be on 20 to 30 different platforms. But because there's so many different opportunities, we've been saying like, hey, let's figure out which of these opportunities are right for you. And here's what we think could be based on, you know, the types of books that you're writing and your author ecosystem. Um, And it's uh, author ecosystems. It really just helps you understand like, what marketing and sales is going to work better for you um, specific strategies. Cause I think that's another big piece of future of publishing is like, you can't do it all. You have to forge your own path. How do you forge your own path? Cause yeah. before it's like, I could give you the playbook for succeeding as an author. Cause it was all Amazon. I could yeah. give you, here's the sales and marketing that's going to work on Amazon. And that's been a largely what has been taught for years and years. And so people are, Kind of unteaching themselves that. And then also, people who were never able to make that work for them are looking for new strategies.
0: Yeah. I'm, I leaned over because there was a question, and I'm going to help you with the answer. All right. Uh, but Beth sa- asks uh, Monica, where can I learn more about author ecosystems? I have not heard of this term before. And you may have other research sources, but in this month's Indie yes. Author Magazine, there's an entire write-up uh, that Monica and uh, did. Uh, the, let's see. I don't know what page it starts on, but uh, it's in there. It's in this, episode, this issue. Go find yes. this issue. Where else can they find it?
1: Um, yeah. So Indie Author Magazine... Is great. Um, Shell Honaker and Alice Briggs run that, and it's the October issue. Um, what's, what's your author ecosystem? So definitely grab that. Uh, the copies, the digital copies, are free. Um, we actually the book, the magazine will be. It was at Ink. It'll also be at Twenty Books. So if you're coming to Twenty Books, you can get a free copy in person. So thank you for thank you for that segue. Um, I, yeah, the other place is authorecosystem.com. So go to authorecosystem.com and you can take our quiz on author ecosystems and then it kind of gives you more information about your different author ecosystems or different yeah. author ecosystem, I should say. We um, got,
0: uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Maybe. No, go ahead.
1: Go ahead. Oh, I was,
0: I was just going to say like, you know, this, this issue has a lot of really interesting stuff in it, including a quote from our own Dan Wood. Uh, yes. We're talking about the, you know, the future of publishing and this, uh, yeah.
1: this yeah. very issue. Yes, the issue is about future publishing. It has the author ecosystem stuff, and then it also has twenty five um twenty five plus uh, people from the industry who are just giving their takes on uh, future publishing and Dan Wood was one of the people interviewed yeah. um so I believe Mark nobody Faye... asked me oh <laughs> yes, but um <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure you have some fun things coming up with i um, but, um, Yes, but. Yeah. So so we uh, we talked to some wide people, some direct sales people, um, people. So Dan Dan Wood, Mark Lefebvre, I believe they were both in it. We uh, we talked to some other people who were in transmedia. Um, so it's it's a, it's a really great issue. Uh, they did an amazing job on it. And Russell and I were contributing editors.
0: And Alyssa has shared the link to it in the uh, the comments. Uh, IndieAuthorMagazine.com. Go check that out uh this was a good one i did i did actually read this one i usually ignore it don't tell shell but i ignore it (laughs) uh i'm just kidding i don't ignore it uh all right so uh we're kind of because of our special announcement coming up we're kind of coming to the artificial end of of this week's episode. Uh, But Monica, where can people find more about you and the future of publishing?
1: Yes. So if you are um, interested in the future of publishing, it's at futureofpublishingmastermind.com. The other place I would go is authorecosystem.com. That's where you can take the quiz about what we've been talking about. Um, I'm also, I'm on social media, so um, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Substack. Uh, I have a Substack called Author Analyst, authoranalyst.substack.com. And I talk a lot about future publishing and author ecosystems and wide and direct sales on there. So,
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Yes, thank I'm, you so much. You're kind of getting a little shortchanged, but I know you oh, you don't no. mind. Uh, no,
1: I, I said my piece. <laughs> I made my arguments about the future of publishing and where well, I think it's
0: going. So I can tell you this, <laughs> and I can tell you this to the benefit of everyone watching and listening. Monica, you really, truly are one of my favorite people. I'm very oh, grateful that you, you uh, came and spent this time with us, and I yeah. uh, can't wait to see you. I know you're not going to be at 20 Books this year for, for reasons, do you want to tell? I don't know if you're. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm,
1: I'm eight months pregnant. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, I'll be, I'll be having a little baby. Um,
0: yeah. And she's going to call bucks. that baby 20 books, Vegas, oh. 20 books, Vegas, Lionel. Right. <laughs> so. <sounds> <laughs> All right. Well, okay. thank you so much. Congratulations on the, yeah. uh, the incoming <laughs> author and,
1: uh,
0: <laughs> and, uh, thank you for being our Sherpa into the future of publishing.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much,
0: Kevin. Okay. Now she's going to be removed from the video, but not forgotten. So thank you again, Monica. Take care. Uh, And now everyone. uh, So I've seen a lot of cool guesses. I kind of want to go through some of them because some of them were kind of funny. Let's see. Uh, The first was, well, not the first, but let's see Uh, big Philly keeps making some interesting guesses. Uh, this one was funny. Uh, Monica's taking a job with DDD. Uh, no, that's, that's not quite it. Sorry. Uh, uh DDD is launching AI foreign language translation. Sorry. That's not it either. Uh, that does sound interesting. We're taking notes on all these, by the way, uh, big Philly made all the guesses, uh, the, uh, that we're writing software with the site, uh, within the site or tools to manage mailing lists or tools to manage a direct store on DDD. none of those things. Sorry, big Philly. But uh, what what is happening, uh, unfortunately, is instead of adding something to the DDD family, we're going to take a little something away. And that is that this week, uh, in fact, tomorrow, October 13th, uh, is my final day as the director of marketing and PR for draft to digital uh, I'll actually be leaving and uh, going on to do some of my own stuff uh, and uh, a lot of that is um, there's a lot of things uh, I've got going. It's uh, nothing I can talk about publicly just yet, but stay tuned. Within the next couple of weeks, I plan to be making some big announcements. Uh, I think it's going to be very exciting and very helpful for the author community. Uh, I do want to stress draft a digital I have always loved, will always love draft a digital I appreciate, and I'm so grateful. I'm trying not to get teary-eyed here. I'm so grateful. Or the opportunity that Draft Digital gave me uh, in this business, the uh, the people it's helped me connect to, the community it's helped me serve, serving the author community has been the 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 one of the most positive things in my life. It's uh, it's part of my mission, always has been uh, from day one. Since I learned of the existence of the author community, the writing community, uh, this has been a, a dream of mine to be able to work closely with all of you and to help you grow in this business. I, um, I've, I've never made a secret of the fact that, you know, I've never had to work for Draft2Digital. I've always worked here because I wanted to. Uh, book sales and other things that I have going on would have been plenty of, of money for me, plenty of things to keep me and my family fed. Uh, and so I stayed with Draft2Digital for the past seven years because one, it's an amazing company full of incredible people all of whom I'm going to miss a great deal. But two, the dedication that draft digital has to the writing community is unmatched. It is, I still say, I will always say, one of the, if not the best resource for indie authors, all authors at this point. Uh, with everything that they're doing, the growth that they've had in just the past three years alone, it's just an incredible place to work. It's an incredible uh, opportunity for the authors And I could not be more honored to have been a part of it. So thank you, all of you, uh, for just making this a wonderful seven years. I'm not gone. Uh, I may be leaving Draft2Digital, but I am not gone from the industry. And I actually intend to continue to represent Draft2Digital positively, probably for the rest of my life. Um, But I'm also looking at what I can help build and potentially even partner with draft digital I'm hoping, uh, on some things in the future. But so that's the big announcement. Sorry it's a takeaway instead of an add-on. Uh, but I just want everyone knowing, everyone watching, everyone listening to know, I care about you a great deal. I care about this business and about this dream that we all share. Uh, it's an honor to be a part of it. It's been an honor to be a part of draft digital And that's going to wrap us up for this, this episode of Self-Publishing Insiders with D2D. So... Uh, now we're going to do the less uh, emotional stuff. Make sure that you uh, like, share, comment, subscribe. Uh, we're required by international YouTube law to say these things. And make sure that you bookmark D2DLive.com so that you know when live events like these go uh, are going to go out and uh, come to educate you and enrich you. Uh, you get to meet amazing guests like Monica Lionel and some of the others we have coming up. And if you want to stay in touch with me, uh, you can find me. I'm on Twitter or X or whatever we're going to call it this week and next week as at Kevin Tumlinson. Uh, but if you search Kevin Tumlinson online, you're going to find me. I'm just that hard to get rid of. So thank you all again for making this an amazing seven years for me. I hope that uh, we get to see much more to come from Draft2Digital. God bless you all. And we'll see you. Well, some of us will see you next time. That's it for this week's Self Publishing Insiders with Draft to Digital. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts and share the show with your will be author friends. And start, build, and grow your own self publishing career right now at drafttodigital.com.